Good morning, and welcome to this episode 28 of the RDO Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Monkennel, my brother and co-host, Alex Monkennel. How are you, brother? Yeah, I'm good. You good? I'm actually labouring after a big day. Labouring after a big day? I'm labouring after a big day, too. What was what was your big day? What that, did your big day entail? I had two trucks arriving yesterday to pick up cars to go mm. interstate, and the clients told me that one car would uh, one truck would be there at 7am, so I got to work at 6.30am. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, you know, almost eight o'clock, I say, can I have the truck driver's phone number? I ring truck driver. And I said, hey, where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm in like miles away. Mm. I said, okay, the client told me you'd be here at seven. He goes, ha ha, did he? <laughs> so um, then the other truck driver was due at five. And I think something happened on the M1 northbound. Because I saw some videos on Facey that, mm-hmm. that it was like down to a crawl. So I was here till like seven o'clock last night. Wow, long day. Yeah, Very did long. go out for three hours lunch. <laughs> <laughs> did have coffee with another friend. Right, but it's not the point. Yeah, I could have been a long home. day. Yeah, I um, it's it's funny, and this this sort of will segue into something that I want to bring up just briefly. But uh, so Nate Dog and I finally well again. So Nate's gone back to daycare for two days this week, mm. one one Tuesday and also yesterday, and so. I've been taking advantage of that to get stuff done around the house. Uh, a lot of bigger projects, like yesterday, for example, was cleaning the gutters and the roof and everything, mm-hmm. uh, which I haven't done for two years, so that's overdue. Um, and also some yard clearing stuff and all that sort of thing. So uh, I, I got outside, so dropped Nate off at daycare, went on a massive walk in the morning, which was about eight k's, which is good, but obviously in the sun. And then when I got home, uh, I cracked straight into to the yard work, and I was, I was probably in the yard slash on the roof for maybe four or five hours, somewhere mm. around there, drinking water and stuff like that. And then by six o'clock last night, I was wrecked. Yeah. Like, I, I've realized how much of a weakling I've become because I've spent so many years pushing too many pencils with yeah. my terrible Arnie impersonation. Pushing too many pencils. Yeah, that's Come on. That's better. Get on the roof. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Um, but yeah, just goes to show you, obviously, when you don't do something for so long that uh, you just become so not used to it. Um, and then I think back to when, you know, my job used to be climbing trees and high ropes and stuff every single day and how fit I was back then to what I've become now. So it's good to actually have the opportunity to get back stuck into that sort of stuff and do that sort of real world exercise, which is nice. But I also think um, the lesson, the less, I think the lesson out of that is that it's like horses for courses, right? So... Mm-hmm. So when you were pushing pencils mm-hmm. in an office, yeah. um, you should have been paying people to do the, that work so it didn't stop. Well, well, I, I was. Um, oh, not not all of it, but there were certain things that I was paying people to do that you know I trade people and stuff like that. But one of the opportunities I'm taking is to try to use this time off to turn myself into a real man or a real dad and actually know how to fix stuff around the oh, house by sure, just cracking sure. and doing it myself. No, but I was just saying prior to that, when you were working full-time thing, mm. that should have been a... Like, you've either got money or you've got time. And when you've got, yeah. when you've got time, you do it yourself. Yep. When you've got money, you get someone else to do it. Well, what I learned from it was the importance of um, diversifying your activities and being good at a whole range of things. Because in the world that we live in, you've got to be good at a whole range of things to have value. You can't... Well, I mean, a lot of people are very, very good at one particular thing and they, uh, you know, do extremely well, usually economically, from from that sort of um, specialisation. Sure. But 
when you're not at that sort of elite level in anything, it's really good to be able to do a little bit of everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But uh, it sort of brings me to, because obviously, you know, uh, weakness was my was my thought out of out yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I, I don't want to get too into it, but I've been watching some of the, um, the Donald Trump impeachment trial mm-hmm. in America at the moment, which I found... <laughs> Very interesting in contrast to, I also listened to Elon Musk appearing on the Joe Rogan Experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to that yesterday. I listened to both these scenes yesterday, actually, because you can actually um, live stream some of the impeachment trial stuff, yeah. which I find is a far more effective way of listening to it rather than um, just listening to the bit that the mainstream news and mainstream media packages up sure. and delivers to you to deliver whatever narrative ca- wants to be delivered from whichever channel it is that you're listening to it on. Um, and what I found so interesting is, and yet not going to get into it uh, or what, pick a side or whatever the case may be, but the overriding uh, feeling I got from the impeachment stuff is just pettiness mm. from both sides. Mm. It's just petty. It is so uh, like single-minded from both sides. It's just petty. And the fact that um, that's the focus point for America right now when, you know, they've still got, obviously, corona cases spiraling out of control and all that sort of stuff, vaccine rollout, all these big picture things, and that's what the senators are focusing their attention on. Super petty. Meanwhile, I'm listening to Elon Musk on Rogan's talking about uh, ensuring the survival of humanity long-term by actually creating the infrastructure which will allow us to become a multi-planetary species. Mm-hmm. Um, He's talked. He talked about obviously. Um, is it was it is it Starlink? Here? Starlink. Yeah. So Starlink, which is going to bring a high speed internet to uh, rural areas to to the whole world. To the whole world. Um, he did mention that it doesn't do as well in highly populated areas. But you don't need it there. Which you don't need it there because you got five G and stuff there. Yeah. But things like um, like my I had a uh, an ex partner whose father worked down um, in Antarctica for a while. Yeah. And the reason why some of the stuff's so difficult down there is the internet connection mm-hmm. sucks. So if you're trying to send data back to the mainland, for example, it takes forever. Starlink's actually going to be helping to fix that. Well, I actually, I want to apply Starlink in my life one day because one of my goals is to be able to, oh, like, I want to go and live in Italy. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, like, in one of those historic uh, fortress towns. You would fit right into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah got the, the mocks going. Got the moccasin, yeah. you'd be riding a Vespa around, drinking, drinking espressos. Yeah. Um, but one of the ways that I make money is on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you need to have internet access. Yes. And this will enable you just... And I've been watching the reviews on Starlink. It's extremely impressive. Yeah. Um, but that's basically... An, kind of like we were speaking about before, a little bit decentralised because mm-hmm. you, can, you don't have to be connected into a grid or anything. You don't have to be... T- you're tied to the Starlink company, mm-hmm. I suppose, which they want to go global... Um, as opposed to like an Australian provider that's here, mm. um, and it's so small, like the dish is like the size of two big dinner plates. Yeah, yeah. And you can wire it up yourself. It's it's like the kit, the box. I think is the size of like a, uh, it's it's like a, a small monitor. Right. And the setup is super easy, and you can do it on your phone, and then bam, you're connected yeah. to satellites. So yeah, so he's got Starlink going. He's got Neuralink coming, which everyone's 
not everyone, sorry. There's a lot of people who are scared of Neuralink because they think it's literally just going to be sticking a chip in your head to plug into the internet so then you have the all the knowledge on the world and then everyone will be able to hear your thoughts and like that's the real um, uh, scary end product of where it could get to. But what he was talking about was that the initial... Sorry, keep talking, I'm just going to... Yeah, got that. The, the initial points of uh, is Neuralink is things like... Um, helping people who become like paraplegics or quadriplegics, for example, to interface with things like their phones or their computers so they can still communicate, so they can still function, um, and just gradually helping um, impaired people be less impaired. Like, that's the that's the, the starting point. For that's the starting point. It's not the original thought. The original, no. the original thought is uh, there is a belief that artificial intelligence run riot or mm -hmm. owned by one particular nation state mm -hmm. or one that doesn't follow the, the rules yeah. could end the world. Yeah. So this is the fastest way to mesh artificial intelligence with mm -hmm. the human brain. Yeah, see, it's interesting because he, he actually mentioned that he quite likes the plot of the Terminator series. Mm. He said that the... Is it James Cameron? The, yeah. Yeah. Um, that they actually depicted what could happen, like, fairly accurately. Yeah. Because essentially what it all boils down to is they created an artificial intelligence as a defence system. It propagated itself around the whole network across the world. Then they realised what it was doing, so they told it to stop that and therefore destroy part of itself. Then it went, okay, you're trying to give me an order to destroy myself. Humans are the enemies and, hey, presto, you've got... Well, Robots, I think the worst, case, the worst case scenario is if you told, you could be doing it for all the right reasons, you could tell an AI, kill cancer, but if you don't put enough of the correct parameters in there, the yeah. easiest way to kill cancer is to get rid of everything that's got cancer. That's now, right. Now, like, so we are the hosts of cancer. Exactly right. So if you remove us, the host, then there is no cancer. It achieves the objective. Yeah. It's, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day where a guy was talking about HTML programming and how... Um, you know, with a computer, it will do exactly what you tell it to do. Yeah. Whereas with a human being, if we're having a conversation, I can say something that I don't necessarily use the correct words, but you understand exactly what I'm saying. Sure. You're like, oh, yeah, I get you. Context, yeah. Right? Whereas computers go, was it a zero or a one? Yeah. Okay, get rid of cancer, destroy all humans, because it's the means to the end. But yeah, so he was talking about, so Neuralink was part of it. Um, obviously, he is he has Tesla, which is electronic cars, and obviously the benefits of having electric cars down the track because that's where all the manufacturers are going to. So he's doing all of these things. And like I wanted to focus on the, the interplanetary thing because obviously that's not a short-term goal. That's a very long-term goal. Um, mind you, he was saying that he thinks that he can have people on Mars within the next five years, which is pretty crazy. Mm. But it's did, like, did he say on Mars or to Mars' orbit? He said on, like okay. to get to, and he said obviously it's going to take a lot of time to build up colonies and sure. to do all the infrastructure over there that you need to do, but it's feasible to have a human being on Mars in the next five years, mm. which is just crazy to think about. And and again, obviously the world needs the Elon Musks because they're the guys who are, he is like the keeper of humanity at the moment. Like it's it often it's really in his hands. Uh, because if you can become an interplanetary species, then you've got way more of an opportunity of the human race actually surviving. Mean, meanwhile, oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, no you go. Yeah. I was going to say, meanwhile, I'm listening to this impeachment stuff, and it's just so petty, so petty. It's pathetic. It's pathetic, and it doesn't. 
it doesn't fix anything. No. It's purely uh, egos at play and and uh, the potential threat of uh, of a re-election. That's as far... That everything I'm pulling out of it is they're so scared that, that he's going to come back in 2024 and win mm-hmm. that this is the only thing they can do, even though it won't work, because yeah. like, under under the current rules, it it won't achieve what they want it to achieve. Yeah. Um, it's a massive waste of time. So, so here's, here's a few things, a few thoughts on that. Number one, um, what I found really interesting, because again, I'm learning these things as I listen to them, but one thing I found really interesting was that an impeachment trial does not have to play by the same laws as a criminal trial. Sure. So because the senators are essentially judge and jury in, in these trials, it's, it's their vote that what ultimately decides what's happening. Yep. Um, you, you don't have the same, um, the same laws that you need to follow. So let, just to give you an example of that, obviously if, you, if you're in a criminal trial and say you're a witness and you bring in a piece of evidence which can then be proven as false, you can be held in contempt of court and you can be charged for that mm. and, and there's big problems. Um, not, not, not so in the impeachment trial, completely different rules. So uh, there was an example, and I won't get too big into it, but essentially one of the parties showed a tweet from a person. It wasn't from Donald Trump. It was a tweet from a person that was uh, being put through as a piece of evidence. And the tweet had a check mark on it, because you know how Twitter puts the blue check marks on anyone who is verified, so you know it's legitimately coming from that person. Anyway, the per- the uh, the people who put that forth as evidence then had to retract it when the owner of that tweet said, "I've never been verified by Twitter." Yeah, which means you don't have a blue check mark. Which means you don't have a blue check mark. Yeah. So they had doctored in a blue check mark to try to add gravitas to to this evidence, which they've ended up having to retract again. If you did that in in a criminal proceedings in a normal court, like that's that's false evidence. Like yeah. that's chargeable. Yeah. But ah oh, no. But you know what's wild we had to me? It's wild to me that tweets are evidence. Exactly. And this is what I want to get to as well. Like, the reason why I'm paying so much attention to this is this is pretty relevant in the climate of, of the world that we're living in at the moment and where it could potentially go. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is what they're, what they're trying to pin Trump for is his tweets. And they're trying to interpret his tweets in a way that is inciting violence. Sure. Which, whatever side you fall on, you can interpret it in any way that you, in any way that you want, but this speaks to the larger problem that we have going on at the moment, which is cancel culture, the war on free speech, and the war on having, I guess, you know, a certain point of view which might be deemed as a thought crime by the the governing party at the time. So another example in the media recently was the Gina Carano losing her uh, role mm, on the Mandalorian. Because I've watched the Mandalorian. Yeah. And she she kicks ass in that so I haven't such a it. good character right. she was going to get her own show yeah, like her own spin-off version that's how good the character was yeah and i i really appreciate seeing proper fighters if you don't know who Jenny Carano is she is a um, ufc fighter she, um she was not a ufc no fighter. sorry she was she a was an mma fighter. pioneer so gina carano was one she was the before ronda rousey she was the ronda rousey she was the it girl of women's mma and this was back when they got paid nothing to do it. They mm. had no coverage. Um, and I'm pretty sure that it was Bellator that she was fighting for sure. because the women weren't in the UFC when Gina Carano was an active fighter. Right. Um, 
but she was like the darling of the women's MMA world. Like extremely pretty, but she was dominant. She was a fantastic fighter um, and ended her career uh, getting pounded out by Cyborg, who was also a beast as well. But But, uh, but what I appreciate about seeing when these ex-fighters jump into acting is when they kick ass, they really kick ass. Yeah. So when... When Pedro Pascal's in a fight scene, mm-hmm. he's he plays a Mandalorian. Yeah. All these cut, you know, cut camera yeah, things, yeah. you know, for all the strikes. It flips to Gina Carano. She's picking someone up and mm. dropping them on their head, and yeah. it's her doing it. Yeah. And like I that that adds another element to to uh, I appreciate that stuff when I see. Yeah, I, I can't remember who I was listening to an interview with, but it was a fighter who'd then gone to do some acting as well, and. Um, I can't remember who he was in a film with. It might have even been like well, Stallone. I know. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. The, um, it was when how real real fighting doesn't look good on camera. Yeah. Because one of the one of the principles of fighting is you tuck your chin and you keep your hands up, which you guys watching at home you can't see my face. Yeah. So when they're in a fight team, they have to be like this because it's like I'm I'm the hero, so you need to be able to see my face and my yeah. expressions. And yeah, hands down by your side. And, yeah, exactly yeah. right. So so you're right. Like obviously, she brings some legitimacy to whatever it is that she does when it comes to combat mm-hmm. scenes in in a movie. Um, but so she has lost her job um, because of some tweets that she had put out where she was essentially likening uh, being a Republican supporter to the Jews being rounded up at the Holocaust. Now, obviously, Holocaust com- comparisons are never a, a good thing. There. Well, it wasn't that, though. Well, what she was r- really trying to say was that before the Nazi Germany could round up all the Jews, they had created an environment where all the German neighbours hated the Jews first. You'd rat out on your neighbour. That's right. You'd rat your neighbour out, and that's why they were able yeah. to do what they were able to do. And I'm seeing some, and like she's obviously seeing that that something similar is happening now, where essentially, and again, this is mainly an American thing, but you know, a lot of the world takes after America and sees what's happening, and a lot of the stuff that is happening over there is happening over here at the moment too. Where having a thought which is against the mainstream, either the government in in power or the mainstream media and what they want to be putting putting out there. Uh, it's now becoming a thought crime. So she's lost her job because she was trying to draw a comparison going, we should, essentially what she's trying to say is we should actually be treating our neighbours with respect regardless of whether they've got a different point of view from you. That's what she was trying to get across. But now she's lost her job and now she's been, you know, blacklisted from Disney, which Disney itself's got a pretty checkered past too, you know? Blackface. Yeah. Really nasty depictions of... Slavery, slavery and yeah. yeah but disney's allowed to change um a lot lots of ties to chinese, chinese the yeah. current chinese holocaust that's that, happening and that's one thing too which because i watch a lot of nba right yeah um and that's something that just drives me mental is we like the the juxtaposition of uh morals but economics at the same time so the, 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 they, they, are, they don't mesh. Never. They don't mesh. Never. Um, I'm a big LeBron James fan. You, you, are, you are morally sound until someone offers you a dollar. Yep. 100%. Like, yep. everything has its price, including your morals. Yep. Um, massive LeBron James fan. I, I think he should be in GOAT discussions. Everyone's going to say I'm wrong, but I think he should just from being as far as MVPs go. Yeah, okay, Michael Jordan did everything himself, but as far as being the most valuable to a team and an organisation, I think LeBron does a lot more stuff sure. than, than, than Michael Jordan did. 
So he should be part of the discussion anyway. I still think Michael Jordan's a better player, but he should be part of the discussion. Anyway, he was like one of the spokespeople for the Black Lives Matter movement and the things they did in the NBA whilst that was all occurring last year. And I'm all for that. That was fantastic. However, he's got massive deals which he benefits financially from with China. Now, one of the things that was interesting is you could, during that um, the NBA season last year, you could go on the NBA store and you could get a like Black Lives Matter-like slogan written on, on a jersey. You could yep. actually order a jersey. Um, you couldn't order one that said Free Hong Kong on it because of the NBA's massive economic reliance on China. The Chinese market for the NBA is massive. Mm. So you could literally get anything else written on a jersey like you could have, um, you know, anti-white supremacist statements or anti-this person, anti-that person. You could get any of that stuff, but you couldn't get free Hong Kong right. on an NBA singlet. Yeah. Which, again, just shows, like, unfortunately, if, you, if you're trying to be moral, you've got to be moral all the time. Because as soon as you sell your morals out for money, I think your point is invalid. Well... I think that, so So I agree with most of the things that you said, except for the, I don't think it's political pressure. I don't think political pressure and corporate pressure are at the same level. I think it's all corporate pressure mm. because it's all financially driven. So all, the, all these things that are happening is purely down to, because someone's going to lose some money out of it mm-hmm. or someone's going to gain some money. Mm. And... Um, I think I think the point that you originally what we were speaking about before this was that you now have a uh, a distaste for the United States now from what you had before. Yeah. Um, so the the United States that I knew when I was growing up was they were the biggest, the baddest, a the most power. powerful. They were a superpower, right? And what I'm what I'm seeing is just weakness. Complete weakness. Mm. And I don't... I'm, I'm not saying weakness as in they should be going and bombing other countries and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about They at definitely all. shouldn't be doing that because they're not very good at it. No, well, they definitely should be. No one should be doing that, yeah. right? So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying when I, when I talk about weakness is the general population, the things that they are focusing their attention on that are, um, I guess, that they're, they're finding harmful to them, to me, I find super weak. Yeah, and that's a problem, and that's what is concerning about these. Like, you know, the amount of stories that you're hearing about people losing their jobs now, particularly in the United States, because of a tweet they made ten years ago. Like, don't think for a second that if if you want that to be part of society and you want people, you know, everyone like not everyone, people who are pro that go, oh, people should be accountable for their words. Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. Until it happens to you. Mm. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, this is unfair, this is unjust. And the problem is I feel like um, getting your feelings hurt is sort of like lifting weights. And this is the point I was making about me doing no yard work for so many years. Mm. My body is sore as hell from doing one day in the yard because I haven't done it in so long. So because I've physically lowered the bar of what my body is capable of handling, I'm weaker because of that. Now, as as a society, what I see from America is they are psychologically lowering the bar of what is harmful to them as far as what hurts their feelings, which is then driving legislation and decisions which completely change people's lives and, and the landscape. Yeah. Like, 
you know, and we, we disagreed on this, but when I was a kid, I was brought up like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And I wasn't a cool kid in primary school. I was a bit of an outcast. It was me and my two mates, and that was really about it. Um, there was a, a central core of cool kids that would call us every name under the sun, but I didn't really care. Like, it didn't, it didn't really bother me, mm. right? And I feel like um, in the pursuit of trying to have a kinder society, we're actually making these, like, things like words or sentiments or just having a, 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 a different point of view. We're actually making that harmful to us. Yeah. And again, empowering I think... Empowering the words. We're empowering the words. That's right. Yeah. And I feel like, unfortunately, and this is what I'm seeing in this impeachment trial, they are using it for a political means because they're trying to roll people up. Like, both sides are, are mm. trying to do this. They're trying to rile people up to suit their political agenda which is then telling their people, you you need to be really, really upset when someone calls you a bad name. Yeah. Instead of going, someone calls you a name, it's probably because they're insecure, and therefore the problem is their problem, not yours. Keep on rolling with your life. For sure. Like, we need to be teaching resilience, but I feel like we're lowering the bar of what, you know... I actually... So, I, I've just had... So, it's not resilience. I know I said resilience before. So, just my stance, I don't like the term... Sticks and stones, my broken bones, but words never hurt me mm-hmm. because studies have shown now that words can hurt, yep. right? Um, and and verbal abuse is just as damaging as what physical abuse is. And that was a thing that we used to say say in the old tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got massive issues with mental illness. Yes, okay, so, agree. So I actually don't think it's resilience. I think it's better understanding mm-hmm. is what we need. So we need an understanding of what's happening when someone starts to sling mud at you. Yeah. And the understanding is, just like you said, it's not that, you know, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Okay, but, you know, can you be supportive of that person, you know, mm. or just have an understanding that that, that person actually needs more help than what you do. Mm. It's So it's not, although I do believe in resilience, it's probably not the optimal way. It's probably not the real, yeah. Like, I see what you're saying, like, because resilience is... Um, Strengthen the face of adversity is essentially what I guess yeah, resilience exactly. is. Yeah. And, and, and you're right. Like there is, you know, there have been lots of studies about the damaging effect of words and stuff like that. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to focus on is I feel like as a society we're making this worse. Like we're, we're giving so much power to words. For sure. And I, I get concerned about what message this is sending to kids and young people who are hearing these things where, I mean... And again, I know it's not the right thing, but you go back 50, 60 years, like you had 16-year-old kids faking their age so they could go to war and fight for their country. Mm. And you know, then you fast forward to 2021 and you've got kids who are like, they called me a name, I want, like, I want that person removed from society, I want, I want them cancelled. So I, I had this conversation with another friend of mine who's got young children. And, my, and, and, and his sentiment was very much the same as yours. He's concerned for the future, but I am not. And the reason why I'm not is because in the face... So whenever something comes up, mm-hmm. that generation will always figure it out. Yeah. Now, the one difference that we have now compared to what we've ever had in the past mm-hmm. is because of our lives are so long now, we have multiple generations in the same space. Yeah. You've got 90-year-olds and you've got 9-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Whereas before... So that's probably... What do they say generation? Is that 25 years or something like that? Probably. So in, in essence, you've got four generations at the same time. Mm. 
unfortunately, it's a lot of these the older generation that's making the rules, and 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 it's what their perception of of the world. Mm. They are the policymakers, mm. so they're the ones that are using these words, right? But I think these the, these young people coming through, once they're not going to fall for the stuff that we're falling for now. They're not going to fall for the wordplay because they are going to have a far more advanced and nuanced uh, uh, approach mm-hmm. to what's happening in the world around them. And and once the old generation tips out, the next generation goes up, we're going to get slightly better. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with what you're saying to, a, to an extent. Um, one thing that I think is very different... Um, in these, this day and age, and it's, it's probably going to get worse as, as you get older, or as you go through another maybe one or two generations, is you're right, you've now got, you know, you've got four or five different generations all on the planet all at the same time. But now you've also got the words that someone said 10 or 20 years ago being brought back out I think and used against you. I think it's a fa- And I'll tell you why I think it's a phase. Mm. Because I think people are going to jump off these social media platforms. So I don't think those platforms are going to have the power that they have now. Yeah. Where I feel like we're at, we, we, we've climbed Everest, mm-hmm. we're at the very tip, and yep. now we're looking out going, it's not actually that nice up here. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to start descending, we're going to start jumping off those platforms. Yeah. And I, I don't think people are going to care. I think people are going to realise how ridiculous these things are. I, and I hope you're right. Like, I really do hope that you are right. Um, because, like, I, I find some of this stuff so embarrassing. Like, as a human, yeah. As a human being, it's funny that you're saying that because, like, yeah, you got Elon Musk that's trying to get us to like to be interplanetary. Yeah. And then, and then we're like worried about uh, your tweet. Well, no. Let me give you an example, right? You got Elon Musk trying to get us to Mars so we can have two planets to live on because, by all accounts, we're destroying this one, right? Yeah. He's trying to get us to Mars. It, it, this week, I read a news story about hospitals which are trying to change the name of breast milk to chest milk. So they can u- use less gender, um, sorry, more gender inclusive language. This stuff's a joke. So when I when I saw that, you have no idea how much thought I put in to try and find a funny quip. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted something that rhymed with chest or breast that was even more ridiculous, and I couldn't think of anything. Well, like I, they nailed it. Well, <laughs> I, I said that like, well, we're going to have to change the name of semen to sea woman. No, sea people. Or sea people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, the, the thing is, and this is... But that's not very inclusive to non-people entities. Oh, well, exactly right. So it should just be... Se- no, sentity. <laughs> See everything. We, you know what we're going to end up being like? Do you remember that South Park episode with Mark Lahr? <laughs> <laughs> where Mark is used to describe everything? That's who we're going to end up yeah, Because that's the only way that you can completely take out gender nuance or, or prejudice in anything. It's just use the same word for everything. <laughs> so let's, let's just start result. now. Let's just start calling everything Earth and yeah. referring to everything as There's Earth. the title of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Earth. No, Mark yeah, yeah. No, I got Yeah, definitely. So, um, so I, I think it's now talking about my feelings about the US. So I had the same feelings as you. I always saw them as the superpower. I think probably one of the if I had to pick a time in history to live, uh, like to, if there was a time machine, mm-hmm. I'd love to live in like ancient Rome, mm-hmm. uh, like early days of ancient Rome. Because you're a bang little boys. <laughs> not, not, not Caligula days. Not Caligula days. Uh, prior to that. Right. Um, I would, or like the 1950s in America. Right. So, 
uh, absolute economic powerhouse because it just came out of the war. Yeah. And Wife can't work. <laughs> not can't, doesn't have to. Doesn't have to because your wage is so high that you could buy a house. Like the innovation that they had in those times, the best cars, you know, um, one of the most prosperous times on earth, like like in, in humanity, would have been in the 1950s. I find it very interesting that you picked two moments in time which um, you could say were quite like uh, toxically masculine, would be would be your but favourite time. But all times up until now have been apparently <laughs> masculine. Um, so uh, I, I have sensed, I feel it too, I feel like They've become. I don't want to use the term laughing stock because I know that that was a big political thing that they tried to say when they had like a you know a TV show personality become their mm. um, their leader. But I have felt like where there's space for innovation, like they you always wanted like like American cars were cool, American computers were cool, yep. all the tech companies were cool, and now you're like, well, China's like wiping the floor in mm. all those yeah. areas. Yeah. Um. And yeah, when when we do see stuff that's ridiculous, and we you see uh, marches in the street, and like the, they, I suppose they are to a point. They are divided. Mm. Um, it is saddening that that yeah. they're not the they're not the aspirational country anymore. That's yeah, I'm very proud. I'm, look, I'm, I'm I'm proud of Australia in in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. we got a lot of work to do too. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to I, I don't know who you'd model yourself after now. No, and the thing is too, like, so in regards to that point, um, you know, so you've got this impeachment trial going on at the moment, which is a war over words, essentially. Yeah. Um, when when does the mainstream media go on trial for incitement? Yeah, correct. Be- because the, the fact that certain networks paint, like you have two different networks on two opposing sides of politics who take the same news story and they either... Cut it and splice it. Yep, they cut it and splice it to put forth a narrative... How is that not incitement? Like, how if if a tweet can be incitement, how is not months of anti some side or anti some person propaganda incitement? Mm. So, so the, you're right. Like the answer is we all get off social media and we all stop watching the news. That's the answer. And funnily enough, like during all of this stuff, um, so I've got more. Not free time, but I've got more time where I'm able to watch stuff or look at stuff sure. on my phone than I've ever had in the last 10 years. And I spend very little time on social media now. Because it's shit. I, I just don't enjoy it. I think I've, sp- I've probably spoken to three people in the last couple of weeks that have all jumped off. Yeah. You know? Um, like, I'll, I'll literally, I'll jump on in the morning to see if it's anyone's birthday, because I'm terrible with dates. Yeah. So I'll send them a happy birthday message or something like that. I might do one quick scroll, or sometimes I don't. I don't even bother. I just sort of look at the first thing, go, yeah, it's the same thing as yesterday, and just keep on rolling with my day. I'm, I'm finding myself watching a lot of stuff on YouTube. Yo, Shout out you, to YouTube. You, yeah, you, I love YouTube. Mm. I love YouTube. But I, I found myself just using it as an aggregator of news. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't interact with the posts anymore. Like I, I used to be very active in the comments, and I think I've said that before, but I just don't do it anymore unless I want to say something funny, but that's not triggering. Yeah. Although I did trigger. I don't know if I told you I triggered. Um, there's a massive Formula One debate, right? Right. Now this is I'm going against all my principles here. I couldn't resist, and the payoff was good and really bad. Okay, so, <laughs> so uh, basically, there is a a uh, Lewis Hamilton's a seven-time world champion. Yep. 
going for his eighth this yep. year. Michael Schumacher, seven-time world champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, different eras, two different eras of the sport. Yep. There's this constant debate over who's the best. Yeah. And it is almost impossible to compare. Mm-hmm. Different cars, different tracks, different eras, different politics going on. It's the same on the thing time. about the greatest of all time or the GOAT debate in every sport. Yes. You're trying to compare Except between different eras. When your uncle Alex comes in and and hits them with some stone hard facts. Like when I said Nico Rosberg is the GOAT because he's the only driver to beat both of those drivers in the same car. At the same time, he's won one championship. Yeah. Only one. But uh, now Schumacher was not in his prime, mm-hmm. but side by side in the same team, mm-hmm. they raced. And uh, although uh, Rosberg didn't win races or things like that, he... he Accumulated enough points to win the championship. Yeah, dominated yeah. qualifying and, and racing. He beat Mike Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Out of the six years that Ham- Hamilton raced for Mercedes, uh, Rosberg only beat him once. But he beat him. And then he retired. <laughs> okay, but facts are facts. Mm. He is the only person to have beaten both of your legends. So I, so I basically jumped on this thing and I said that. Mm. He's the go. It had something like 400, like it triggered deluxe. Mm. And I felt my infantile brain was happy about it. My more nuanced brain was like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> like that was... That sparked emotions that I didn't want to... Yeah. I trolled. I was a troll. And I'm not proud of it. Well, but I was proud of it, but is, I'm not now. But is, is, that, is that trolling, though? And this Absolutely, is, it's trolling. Well, that is the definition of trolling. Well, no, is, it's not. Is, is picking a... Because I don't believe it. I don't okay, believe so it. If, if, if you don't believe it, then it's trolling. How can you? He's won one. Yeah. These guys have won seven each. Yeah. It's why it's like um, in MMA they always talk about a thing called MMA math. Yeah. So what MMA math is is if fighter A beat fighter B and fighter B beat fighter C, that means that fighter A is better than fighter C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, which is again what's used in like the goat debates and stuff yeah. all the time. Now goat debates in in and of itself are uh, kind of ridiculous because you just can't compare between different eras of anything. Of so any Tom Brady sport. is the best athlete on the planet. Well, yeah, he's probably the all-time goat of, of all athletes, yeah. really. Um, his sustained success is, is pretty, pretty... Or Valentino Rossi, nine-time champion, used to win championships, then go on the bad bike to prove how good he is, and then win a championship in that bike. Yeah, okay, so you can probably call him a goat, too. He's up there, yeah. So, yeah, there's this... I guess there's certain sports that you can actually pick someone out. The basketball one, because obviously that's what I'm... Like, I'm big into basketball, I'm big into MMA... Um, MMA, ridiculously difficult because there is no sport in the last 30 years, because obviously MMA only started becoming mainstream in like the early 90s. There is no sport which has changed as much as MMA sure. has in that period of time. Yeah, because it's relatively new. Exactly. Yeah. So you, ju- you just can't... Ca- like, you got to think back. The whole reason why the UFC started was to see which martial art was the best. Yeah. So you had a jiu-jitsu guy versus a karate guy or a taekwondo guy versus a wrestler. Now they do ev- all of it. So it's real mixed martial arts now yeah. where every athlete knows how to do a degree of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a completely different sport, so you can't compare. Um, I think that, you know, in the NBA, for example, like you've got rule changes, which, you know, well, I guess one of the things uh, that probably lends uh, Michael Jordan to being the GOAT is if Michael Jordan played under today's rules, he'd probably score 100 points a game. 
because they would just give him, uh, they would send him to the free throw line every single time he went to the rim. Because you see old, yeah, old footage yeah, of Michael yeah. Jordan playing, he was getting monstered by three and four players at a time. Yeah. But it was back when they played a harder version of basketball. Yeah. Now, like, uh, this is going to, again, show my age a little bit. I get so shitty when I watch. There's two players in particular, James Harden and Trey Young, who all their entire games are built around... Well, sorry, not their entire games. Trey Young's probably more so than James Harden's. But their game is built around drawing fouls out of players. Yeah. That's not the way the game is supposed to be played. It's soccer style. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Trey Young, he, he does this thing where, because he's quite small, but he's very fast. If he has a, if he's bringing the ball sort of down towards a three-point line and um, he has a play guarding him, he will f- like move very quickly to get in front of that player. And then when he feels like that player is chasing him, he'll just stop short and do a little, little hop and like... A flop. Like a flop. Yeah. And then they send him to the free throw line. Yeah. That's not basketball. That's not cool. He scores a lot of points though, so yeah. it's effective. But yeah, so I guess, you know, with things like rule changes and stuff like that, you know, it's very, very hard to compare but, to. But, okay, so this so this is what I think about those conversations around that. Yeah. There's no point in having a conversation because you can't. Exactly. Exactly. So there's the answer to it. Because the other thing too is if you don't think that a player like LeBron, who's what, six foot eight and 265 pounds of pure muscle could compete back when they used to allow fouls. Like, you're yeah. kidding yourself. The dude's basically a linebacker. He would just smash straight through the key and, yes. and dunk on everyone. So so this is where that conversation pro, uh, pre-social media mm-hmm. lasted about 15 seconds. Yeah, true. Yeah. So so there's the lesson. That's So if that's, that's another reason why I think we're coming to the end. Mm. Of this cycle, this social media cycle. I think we've had our fun. We've played. We've played with the world. We've played with comments from all over the world, mm. and we don't like it. Yeah. It's not that good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's part of me though that hopes that it doesn't. It doesn't stop just yet, because I do like the idea of my son potentially playing against really weak kids. <laughs> Because then the pathway to like the NBA is so much easier than it would be now. No, I, 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 I like I said before. I think Nate's generation is going to be way more resilient than what you think, because mm-hmm. you're looking at the world in your like in our uh, uh, with our vision on with our yeah. rose tinted glasses and all taint tinted glasses. Mm. They're going to grow up. They're going to understand the the um, the uh, what's happening around them far better than we will. Mm. You know, and don't forget we're pre-internet and post-internet. Like we're we're one of the only generations yeah, that lived true. without it, yeah. and now lived with it, and it's very new. And we're still flailing it around trying to figure it out. We don't know. We don't know. Don't so know. so being that we're oh, that's an interesting question. Being that we are um, the only generation that's lived pre and post. Yeah. Which would you prefer? Internet or no internet? No, internet for sure. Yeah. For sure. But but we're still trying to harness it. Yeah, and we're still trying to figure it out as a society. Because like you said, you're right. Like, you know, pre-internet, uh, the whole Gina Carano neighbours thing was relevant because you literally had your neighbours around you and those are the people who you would speak to and if you treated your neighbours well, the whole community is, is a nice place but to live. forget that. The only person that Gina Carano could have said what she said to was her circle of friends. Yeah. No one, none of us would have known. Disney wouldn't have known and she'd still have a job. Yeah. And anyone out there who is pro-cancelling people for a tweet, 
go back and do like an inventory of the shit that you've said to your friends when you feel like the world's not listening, you're just as bad as everyone else. Yeah. So that was one, that was a thought that I had during the week too. So when I said that I interact a lot less with Facebook, Mm. like I've stopped posting, except like episodes of these, Mm. I, I have, I don't, it's funny because you know, it says like eight years ago, you said this Mm. and I'm like, you know, I just said where I was. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And like some of the stuff that comes up too, it's like, you know, yeah, 10 years ago you said this. Like, yeah, I was a completely different person 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. If, if you haven't developed in 10 years, then you have a real problem. Yeah. Like if you look back at that stuff and go, I was right back then, I feel the exact same way now. <laughs> that's not <laughs> an issue. Right? Yeah, it yeah. means you haven't progressed forward as, if a, as that's, a person. If you, see, that's what should be built into Facebook. If you do think that, it should zap you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it should say, 10 years ago, you said this. Do you agree? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so th- th- there you go. There's a solution, uh, yeah. what you could do for mankind, but they won't do it because... The Mate, don't, sell don't you. give Facebook any more ideas on how they can program people's thinking. They'd rather sell you socks. <laughs> Rob socks. What, what I would love to see out of all this is, um, I want to see another episode of Time Cancellor from Carl Dunnigan. I actually commented on, I went on Instagram, went on Carl Dunnigan's Instagram to watch that video again and comment on it saying, can we please have a time canceller too? Because the idea of a time canceller, it's such a ludicrous, it's the funniest video, you should go and watch it. It's such a ludicrous thing. It's literally what we're doing now, where we're bringing up tweets that someone did three, four, five years ago and using it to fire them from their, their employment. Like, what was crazy. the theme of um, Time Cop? Jean-Claude Van Damme, movie from the... Early nineties, early nineties, maybe. Yeah. And he could. Tr- they sent. Yeah, yeah. They sent. Wasn't the opening scene someone in like the wild, like they they held someone up in the wild west and they had Uzis because they come from the future. Yeah. So you go back. So they had. Gone back in time. To- no. Oh, they were using current technology to go back in time to commit crimes. Yeah. Whereas at the moment we're using current technology. To, to convict people in of, the present, in the present of for things in the past that weren't uh, weren't a law in the past. Yeah, like it's like, it's Minority Report. It's like the Minority <laughs> Report. Only oh, I, there's something here. There's something here. It's like it's like you thought about something when it wasn't wrong. Now we're retrospectively uh, crucifying you for it. it it's okay. It's, it'd be the equivalent of this. Um, if you were a teenager who was fortunate enough to be sexually active before the age of 18, it's like saying, like, let's say that you lost your virginity at 15 years old. It's like me today at 32 being charged for uh, having sex with a minor because I had sex with a 15-year-old back when I was 15. That's like... That's right? like, like what's that? Is that not very a similar thing? What's that Mark Norman bit? I'm so lucky that I'm... Not a pedo. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when I was 15, I liked 15-year-old girls and, and grape, grape soda. Yeah. Now I'm 30 years old, I still like grape soda. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but, yeah, it's like like the, the song at the start of the time cancel thing goes, What was okay yesterday is not okay today. <laughs> like, we know. But that's what we're doing. But think about it. Like, literally all this stuff that we're talking about is all is all constructed around... Social media. Social media. Yeah, because, I mean, like, you got to think, the the only way for someone to get time cancelled from the past would be to write something on a cave wall. (laughs) And by the time someone's discovered it, you're probably dead anyway. No, I just think we haven't got there yet, but we will. Oh, like, 
this is anti-buffalo. Like, this picture here is anti-buffalo. Dude, we're already there. Buffaloes don't have rights? We're already there. Did you not see that thing from Peter? Where no. they were... <sighs> Gee, this is, this is where we live in, bro. So, Peter, the people for the ethical treatment of animals, um, put out something, I think it was two weeks ago, where they were saying they wanted people to stop using animal names as derogatory terms because it upsets... It's, it's un insensitive to animals. So you don't want to call someone a pig for, for eating too much food. Or you don't want to call someone a sloth for being lazy because it's, it's uh, uh, insensitive to the animals. It hurts their feelings. That's real. Is That's that a, where we're at. My question is, is that only in the English language? So do the animals only understand the English terms for those, those things? Those Probably. derogatory terms? So an, an Italian pig doesn't understand what's that. It's a pig. <laughs> You're going to eat it like a pig. <laughs> So you're just speaking English with an Italian accent. See. <laughs> <laughs> but that's legit. They actually put that out. Now, and that's now like, I, um, a comment that I want to make because you, I've, I've, I've identified something about you. What? So because you have got more time, you are getting wrapped in this web. No, no, no. I'm not getting wrapped in the web. I'm seeing things which disappoint me in where we're at. Yes. But you're letting it affect you. And that's what you need. To, that's what we need as a as a audio community. Mm -hmm. We need to let we need to have an understanding around it, mm -hmm. and not let it affect us. So you have a you have a dark darker view of the world now because of the influence of those things. Um, I feel like it is. Uh, I feel like these things are ridiculous and need to be called out as such. Yeah, for sure, mm. for sure. But but it won't. It's not going to be as bad as what you think, because we'll figure it out. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not even worried about the future. I'm worried about the present at the moment. See, I'm not worried because I'm not going to let. I'm a dog owner. Me. I'm a dog owner. Like nothing. You I you call your son Nate Dog. Exactly, and Riley doesn't get offended. You don't know. That. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't call her Riley human. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, see, that's and then Nate will get offended by that. Yeah, yeah. It's just. It's craziness, mate. But but there is there is that there is that element that if you let some of these some of these um, and again all that information that you're getting, it has been no the Peter thing oh sorry the Peter thing was on the news I saw the Peter thing on the yeah news. yeah but but, but yeah. all that stuff um, uh, Peter the social media stuff the Jenna Carano stuff the, mm. the 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 impeachment stuff like all that kind of stuff really doesn't change our day to day. Doesn't really, it doesn't do anything to our data. Well, no. It, in a way, it does, and this is why it's concerning. And if you've ever listened to any of Jordan Peterson's stuff, you'll understand why it's a problem. Because if you allow these sorts of thoughts to continue, you will end up having happen like what happened in Canada, where they were legislating compelled speech around gender pronouns. Yeah. So, and again... Not not against people wanting to use gender pronouns at all. If if that's what you want to do, that's perfectly fine. Same as you can have any religion you want. I don't care. What I do have a problem with is legislation which compels certain speech to be said. So we all know things in society that you shouldn't say. I don't want there to be laws around what you have to say. Oh, for sure. For sure. And yeah. that's, that's where... Because, again, you're, you're saying that, oh, like, it's, it's going to be all good. Well, 
it was until that happened. And that only got to that point because obviously the conversations around, because the things, there's two sides to it. And you're either on the woke side or you're not. And the woke side gets propagated and gets pushed and gets supported. And if you if you disagree with that side, you get cancelled, just like what happened to Gina Carano. It wouldn't have made it that far if there wasn't this massive online presence of this subject. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. But we, we do have the massive online presence at the moment. For sure. So all but I'm saying is just, this, just all the Australian popul- uh, politicians that are listening to this don't bring in compelled speech laws of any kind. Yeah, yeah no. no. That's but, all I'm saying. And, and, and the most practical thing to do is if, if that stuff leads to keep an eye on the on um, what politicians are putting forward, mm-hmm. and if it's not something that aligns with your with your beliefs, don't vote for them. Mm. That's, that's the constructive thing that you do. Um, having an argument about it online... It's not going to fix anything. Of course, and that's why I didn't jump on the Peter thing and argue with anyone about it. Yeah. I'm just bringing it up that that's ridiculous, and that's a slippery slope if, if you... I also if think you it could be a ma- I feel like that could be... Like, that's one of the best trolls I've seen. No, all, all that is... Are we allowed to call the trolls? Does it offend the trolls under the bridge? Probably. Um, it offends someone. <laughs> um, no, but all, all that really is, is Peter using the current um, political topic. climate to get more donations. Because they're, they're a not-for-profit. Again, it's not political. It's, it, so you, you often put politics and, and corporate interests together. They're completely separate. They're completely separate. So Pete, Peter, that's got nothing to do with politics. It's got everything to do with, hey, that's the hot topic at the moment. That's what's going to get the eyes on it. Yeah, but the politics are literally in an, in an impeachment trial at the moment where they're arguing over the interpretation of tweets. So, in a way, it's a similar thing. But it's Because more... you're right, they're, they're separate. Like, politics it's... and corporations are separate, but a lot of their values are aligning depending on what side of politics you're on. Because where the money is. That's right. Corporate. Which is what I'm saying is why Peter has come out right now to say something so ridiculous because they're like, don't forget about us with all these other things that you're thinking about at the moment that we're offending animals. Remember Peter's a thing? Please donate us money. Mm. Mm. It's, it's just a plea for attention. Oh, for sure. For mm. sure. And don't get me wrong, Peter does some great things. These are things ridiculous. And the problem is too, and this, is, it, it, this gets back to the whole boy who cried wolf thing. Like, it, you... You know, we, we've spoken about, like, the NBA, for example, being uh, pro-Black Lives Matter and yet still hugely supportive of, of China and whatever China's doing because of the economic interests there. Um, you need to be consistent with your application on morals if you want for to sure. take a moral standing on for anything. Sure. And that, that's what I'm getting to. So the problem with Peter coming out with something that ridiculous is it dilutes their total their message because someone like me goes, oh, like... It's great that they were against things like factory farming. I don't, I don't like factory farming. I don't like having, you know, animals penned in and like as a meat eater. I don't like that yep. at all. Um, one of the things I've done recently is I'm trying to switch to eat more kangaroo because it's, you know, a little bit better for the environment yep. and all that. Like I'm trying to make some sort of ethical decision on the meats that I eat. Sure. Right? So I'm trying to do the right thing in a way, but unfortunately, Peter's overall message. It just gets watered down by coming out with ridiculous stuff like that. Like you're offending animals by using their their names as derogatory terms. Yeah. You know, if you you need to, and look, it's probably something that I need to be mindful of as well because as the podcast here, we are trying to send a positive message, a solutions-based um, methodology to bring team humanity through the next level. I don't want any of our good ideas to be destroyed by any of my potentially negative ideas at the same time. 
Um, but yeah, I just, I, I guess getting back to the point at the start of the podcast, I see a lot of weakness in Western culture at the moment, which we just all need to be mindful of and check our thoughts. Yeah, do we... So I had a conversation with a friend yesterday talking about how... Uh, I said the... You know, when I mentioned that the future generation is going to be fine, and the mm. only time I could think in history where we weren't fine was Dark Ages. Mm. And a really good point... So Dark Ages were 1400 AD? Not roughly. Sure, yeah. 1400, And it was basically the fall of the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. which led to... And it wasn't a ridiculous amount of time, a hundred years or something until the, I think it was the Renaissance after that, Mm -hmm. right? But what my friend said was that only happened in the West. During Mm -hmm. that time, the the, the Middle East, uh, Asia, Mm -hmm. was massively thriving. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the Middle East became the centre for all knowledge during those times. Mm And then I thought that was interesting. Are we going through another cycle? Where, like, is is the West Western culture sort of falling away under under the under the steam of our own uh, uh, our own opulence, our own mm. um, uh, like these are our choices. This yeah. is not a foreign power has not put these on us mm. to to make us feel the way that we're, we're feeling. But are we going? Are we heading for sort of a Western downfall? Well, there's a few parts to to that to unpack it. Number one, um, when I was talking before about how we're lowering the bar of what hurts us, I think that's because we don't have foreign powers that are trying to impose their will on us physically or at the moment, um, which is why we've. I mean, we do though. I know, I know, we do, but we don't perceive it because there aren't bombs being dropped on us every sure. single day. And this is one of the. They're things just readying the things that are going to drop the bombs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but this is one of the things too that, and you'd know this too. It, you have like a, a diverse group of friends, right? And every single time you catch up with your group of friends, m- the majority of the time they do, they find something to whinge about. Mm. Like, because obviously as human beings, we focus on things that we perceive as a threat to us, and that's what mm. we we discuss, right? And you'll always find that um, each of your diverse group of friends has something else that's bothering them. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel like that that weakness that I'm talking about is because we don't have any, I don't want to say real threat happening to us, but it's kind of what I'm getting to. It's like, we, we, don't, have, we don't have a war happening well, we right now. We don't have major threats, so we're making minor threats. Exactly right. 100%, sure. 100%. So it's our, our perception of those things. Yeah, and because factually we are in the safest most prosperous... Yeah, time in history. Yeah. That's right. But where the, the the social... A lot of the social discourse is around like the fact that we're not, which is craziness. Yeah, but... It's like, a, there's never been a better time to be alive than now. For here. sure. Yeah. But it's just... It goes back to that socials thing and that 24-hour yeah. news cycle. Yeah. They're telling us that we're not. Mm. But we are. We are. You know, life's yeah. good. Because neg- negativity sells, right? So for sure. The only way Let's to... Let's bring back the sex cells. Sex cells was more fun. Then, then outrage sell. Um, but, yeah. but what but we went what, too far. No, it, we we got oversexualized when we don't care anymore. No, but we we I think we um we weren't we had we didn't have enough. We only had one uh, side of the coin represented. It was all female sexualization. We need all sexualization back in. We need all genders. We need we need we need everyone to be sexualized. We need all the we time. need equal representation of sexualization. Yeah, mm. yeah. Bring that back because <laughs> this outrage stuff. I don't like it. Yeah, it's so boring. 
the outrage culture stuff. Yeah, and the desperate, like... Clickbait crap. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the, the, the stories that had to be made up to outrage us, and, mm. you know, where facts can be spun into... No, just get some, someone really, really ridiculously good-looking to hold up a pack of smokes that I want to buy. <laughs> 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 it's kind of good all time. It's a simpler time. A simpler time. It was definitely a simpler time. Um, yeah, it's interesting, right? Oh, but this was, sorry, this is the other point that, um, that Elon Musk sort of came out with uh, and, and Joe Rogan together was... Uh, so we've got all this technological advancement now, right? We're, we're the most technologically advanced we've ever been, in, at least that we know of, right? They, they, we could have been more advanced pre-Ice Age or something that's just never been preserved. Um, but we don't... We record everything on computers and in the cloud now. So if everything, let, let, let's say that you create an AI that goes, all right, I'm going to cut off all the information source. I'm going to delete the internet and delete all the data on the internet out of the cloud. You're starting from step step one and yeah. we have no idea what we're doing. Yeah, we need to put it all back on microfish. If you don't know what microfish was, so when my primary school was very, very old mm. and still had a microfish um, in there, which is basically a very large screen with lots and lots and lots of magnifying glasses and microfish was was pages, like news articles or whatever, whatever the information that you had, mm. written in tiny, 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 tiny little thing, right. and you put it under the microfish. So you could store a it, lot of data on one page. Yeah. 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 So bring back the microfish. Bring back the microfish, but you got to laminate them too. Well, it's plastic. It is laminate. Oh, it is plastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is laminate. Well, see, and then bury it. Yeah, I, I think that's very, very important. Because, yeah. I mean, now we, we look at... Um, you know, you go to Egypt and you have, like, the pyramids and stuff like that. There's all the hieroglyphs. Yeah. Like, that's stored data, which is going to last for millennia. Yeah. We're going to have that now. Yeah. If, if someone deletes the internet, there's no microfish. Yeah. If We're someone, If someone old control deletes, end task. Yeah. Builds. Okay, now, I'll talk about Elon Musk. This is something that I, I've got a theory. I have a theory about his latest shenanigans on the markets. Right. Okay, so we have spoken about this during the week. Mm -hmm. But I just want to put it in here now because I want to see if I can predict the future. Okay. So first off, start by telling our listeners or viewers who may not have seen what Elon's been doing, what he's been up to. So basically, Elon Musk has pumped a particular, uh, well, two particular uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. The first one being Dogecoin, mm -hmm. which is a joke, which is a meme coin mm -hmm. that was created years and years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very, very cheap. It was, you know, one, two cents, okay? And then recently, he's uh, he put on his uh, Twitter handle, he changed, he put a Bitcoin sign on his uh, Twitter handle, mm -hmm. and then his company, Tesla, acquired $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin, Bitcoin, which jacked the price up, probably six or $7,000. Yeah, and they also this. announced that they'll be accepting it as a payment method. Yes. Yeah. So, he's, this is why I think that happened. Elon Musk was very pro Wall Street bets, mm -hmm. right? The guys at Wall Street, Street bets. Elon Musk is not a massive fan of hedge funds. He's definitely not happy with short sellers. Tesla has had to battle with short sellers mm. throughout its entirety. There's still people that have massive short positions on Tesla stock. Mm -hmm. So here's my theory. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk sees what these... Uh, these Wall Street bets guys do with uh, GameStop. Mm -hmm. You know, that stock went from $4 to, say, $400. Mm -hmm. 
So now it's, you know, you might be able to say, well, a lot of these guys might walk away with a couple hundred dollars, you know, mm -hmm. in profits. So then he, he, he uh, pumps the next one, Dogecoin. Dogecoin's mm -hmm. very cheap. So if, you're, if you've got $200, $300, $400, you could have bought a significant amount of Dogecoin. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, it doubles or triples or 10Xs or what? Um, mm -hmm. It's probably 5X, right? Yeah. So now how much money have you got? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone that went f from Dogecoin to p potentially Bitcoin mm -hmm. got a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So would it be fair to say that a large portion of the Wall Street bets, little independent investors, would have close to $2,000 now? Potentially, yeah. What's Tesla stock worth? What is it worth? 1800 US. Right. What happens if all if that community of Wall Street bets guys buys one Tesla stock each? Yeah, it puts a short squeeze on the, the shorters. Right. Mm. So has Elon used now empowered the little guy to help squeeze out the short sellers for oh. his Tesla stock, and on the way through, making them a little bit more money. Potentially, yeah. So I, I think that's. I mean, look, he. If, if you've ever listened to Elon Musk speak, he is playing 5D chess. The yeah, guy yeah. just thinks on a whole other level. He's bit. playing 5D Go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so, look, I, I think that could easily be the case. I, I've thought of a few things about this uh, recently as well. Um, one of which, it's it's interesting where pretty much every cryptocurrency is up, up at the moment. And the usual benchmark that it's rated against is the US dollar. So I think one of the reasons why all the cryptocurrencies are up is because they haven't actually moved, but the US dollar has lost so much value in the last 12 months because they printed 24% of their money. Yeah. It'd be more now. Yeah. Because 24% was in, uh, what were we, December last, December last year? Yeah. So they've obviously probably printed more yeah. since then as well. So I do believe that his $1.5 billion investment in Bitcoin was to hedge against that. For sure. Um, I also feel like he is essentially further hedging against the US dollar because he probably doesn't have the belief in the democratic government to actually deliver um, economic uh, positive growth. Sure. Uh, I mean, he's just moved from a democratic state to a Republican state, yep. and quite publicly so, because of economic reasons. Yep. So I feel like that was potentially part of it as well. Um, but I do like your theory that he... Because you're right, like he's... I've been a lot on Reddit since the GameStop stuff happened. I wasn't on it beforehand, yeah. but just to keep tabs on what's happening. And a lot of the cryptocurrency-based investors on Reddit are looking at Elon like the saviour. Yeah. Like, he's, he's creating the cult of Elon Musk. Now, he's not doing it necessarily to help the little guy, because he's definitely helping himself. But it helps the little guy along the way as well. But it can help the little guy on the way, on the exactly way through. Exactly right. And the maths, to me, were too close. That's so, When I was thinking about it, I was like, the, so the average Robinhood investor was apparently putting in $400. I yeah. believe the stimulus check was $600. Yeah, 600 bucks. Yeah, yeah. so, so the, uh, the, the, <coughs> the average amount was 400 mm. 400 into GameStop. Um, you know, you're not... A lot of those guys wouldn't have would have missed the top. Mm -hmm. So even if it went up to two hundred dollars, you mm -hmm. know, and then the Dogecoin pump, a little bit of the Bitcoin pump, I think a lot of the guys are going to end up around that sort of yeah, interesting. Sort of money. It's very interesting. Yeah, here's um actually here's something complete well sort of unrelated that I wanted to bring up with you as well. So I was watching the news yesterday, and have you seen that in Australia there 
looking they are um, looking at changing the health star rating on orange juice. No. Did you see this story? No. So, uh, long story short, at the moment, orange juice... So you know how we've got health star ratings on the front of food? Sure, sure. Right? Milo's got a four star, I think. Yeah. So, now, this is, this is an interesting point out of that too, is, so, with the health star rating, at the moment, I think orange juice has a four or a five star. Right. Health star rating. Yeah. Now, due to the sugar content, high amount of fruit sugars... The like a lot of dentists and a lot of um, health professionals are coming out saying that you need to lower the health star rating sure. on orange juice, and they're looking at lowering it to two and a half stars, I believe. Mm -hmm. Now, number one, I didn't even realise how health star ratings worked. So I thought that health star ratings were based on the like all products, and therefore if you had a five star. A five star on all products meant they were as healthy. Yeah, it, but it's categorised. It's categorised, which yeah. again, I didn't know that, so I'm assuming there's a lot of people out there who didn't yeah. know that either. So you're only being, your rating is against other similar products. Sure. So for example, orange juice is being rated against other drinks. Purple drink. Yeah. Yeah. Now water gets a five star in the, in the health ratings. Now, what's interesting about them potentially lowering it to two and a half stars is that Diet Coke gets a three and a half star <laughs> in the health realm. So we're essentially telling people that Diet Coke is healthier for you than orange juice, which I think is ludicrous. No, but see, okay, so this is, this is a media trap. Now, no, I've got a theory on this too. Okay. So one of the things around um, COVID that I've been disappointed in is the lack of government and the lack of media getting out there and telling people about things they can actually do to strengthen their immune system naturally. Eating healthier foods, exercising, vitamin D, exposure, all those sorts of things, taking vitamins. I find it very interesting that the one product that was having its star rating on the chopping, chopping block is high in vitamin C oh. at a time that we're just about to do the vaccine rollout. Well, look, I still... Yeah. It's just so but, convenient. But what I'll say is that is... I'm putting my tinfoil hat on. No, that's a dead set media trap. Yeah. So, so uh, there are dots to be joined mm -hmm. to line to talk about the um, Diet Coke thing. There's no way... Well, the category between juices and effervescent drinks must be different. I'm assuming it's different. But they've tied those things together as like a... Hey, look how ridiculous... We should look into it because I, I don't think they are different. Or, or Diet Coke will change after orange juice changes. Well, maybe. That's what a reasonable I'm person sure would Diet say, Coke's... but they're not telling you that. They say, hey, how ridiculous it is, orange juice is now going to be mm. more... Um, and th that's what the media does, like because it, it makes you feel that way. But I bet you if we look into it, and you will... <laughs> Um, let's see what the let's see what the real story is. Yeah, so we need to see if they are actually rated in the same category together, mm. and we do need to see if there are any other proposed changes that are happening in the categories. Um, but I just I just found that yeah I found that very interesting that the the drink that's high in vitamin C, which may potentially help protect from COVID, and I know that's high in sugar. I, I don't drink orange juice anyway, yeah. unless I actually make it myself and have all the pulp and stuff too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to chew my orange juice. Yeah, because you know then you're actually getting like the fiber and a lot of nutrients out of yeah. it, but. Yeah, like, because I think, I think the health star rating, a lot of it is based on things like sugar content. So, obviously, orange juice has a higher sugar content than Diet Coke. Therefore, Diet Coke's healthier. Yeah, but even, like, the synthetic sugar that's in Diet Coke. Aspartame. Yeah, it gives you the yeah. same, what is it, 
your body receives it the same way it does. Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So I just, I just found that that particular story very interesting, and it'll, it'll be interesting to I'm, see what sort of happens. That's the whole purpose of the story. Mm. So they can sell you toilet paper. I think so they can sell you vaccines, <laughs> to be honest. But if you don't, so t- take the hat off, mm-hmm. that's, that's not their plan. Their plan is literally eyes on for marketing money. Oh, yeah. But, but the thing is that this is a government body that's looking at it. So if But it's not a government body reporting on it. No, of course not. But there's no, yeah. I mean, the only... Well, actually, no, it was. It was ABC. Yeah. Which is a government-run news program. It does not appear to be these days. Does it, it doesn't appear to be, no. But um, look, obviously, if a government body is looking at changing the rating on, on something, then you know, it has to be reported on somewhere, right? Well, let's, let's have a look. Let's see, because I, I Let's follow this story very closely. Yeah, yeah I, that's, the, that's the hot topic. I think it's very, very convenient. We want to see how much Marklar is in Marklar. Yeah, yeah. We want to reduce the amount of Marklar in Marklar yeah. uh, so we can sell more Marklar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next RDO.